0: Good evening, folks. Time for your Monday evening edition of It's News to Us, our daily podcast, taking a look at the day's top stories coming to you a, a little bit later than we normally record these. Um, yes. and, and that's that's because uh, we sent David out uh, to sit in court for several hours. <laughs> um, at, but it was well worth it as we uh, finally got some additional evidence, some new evidence uh, in that supposed mass shooting plot, which basically has dominated uh, you know, police discussions of policing and everything else in Richmond since uh, July. So what did you, mm-hmm. first of all, I guess this was a a hearing for just one of the, the suspects, correct?
1: Yes, it was, uh, it was the hearing for uh, Julio Alvarado uh, Dubon, who is the owner or was, I believe the owner of the house, uh, certainly like the name on the lease at the house. Um, that the guns were found in, and the other, uh, the other man who's been charged, whose name escapes me in this moment, was well,
0: rent- that that was Roman Cell. Yes, yeah. uh,
1: they all. Both of them have like several names, uh, so I've been trying to keep them straight. But yes, uh, so it's this is his trial, uh, or uh, it was a motion hearing, and um, essentially he has been charged with um illegal immigration and owning a gun as a non-citizen um and so as a result there was a lot of evidence and like you said a lot of stuff that people have sort of been asking about for several months now um however you know there was still some stuff some questions left unanswered especially since he's not actually being charged with anything involving a mass shooting plot um
0: And we should let me interrupt you for a second. We should point out that on Friday, prosecutors basically revealed that they didn't have any mass shooting evidence to deal with Barcer Sells case.
1: Yes. So, Uh, yes. And so that was they got into but sort of the big the big one was that they got into uh, the anonymous tip that they uh, say they received on July 1st. And this sort of uh, this is to your point about uh, what just came out about how the prosecutors say they don't actually have any evidence regarding a shooting plot. They just have this tip, which is uh, basically a concerned citizen who spoke only Spanish called uh, and said and through a translator said that um, a guy who goes by Chapin, which was later established to just be sort of, uh, Spanish slang for a Guatemalan guy, Guatemalan man. Um, but, a, a man who goes by Chapin showed him a pair of high pow- high powered AR style rifles and, you know, was very descriptive in the, uh, accessories these rifles had, um, said that this man had bragged about, uh, being, uh, having been involved in the, the cartel and having been an enforcer for a, uh, Mexican gang called, uh, Los Santos, I believe. And, um, that this, uh, this man had talked about wanting to shoot up schools or events and specifically had talked about wanting to shoot up a large event on July 4th. Uh, and that was the extent of the tip, um, which, you know, obviously scary stuff. Uh, and the, the police responded that later that same day, apparently one, Police officer was dispatched to just sort of uh, see uh, drive by and like lay eyes on the house. Um, And there's a really loud party going on across the street. Mm -hmm. So he decided that that wasn't the time to go talk to them. So later around a little after 11, uh, when three officers did show up, two of them in tactical vests and one in uniform. Um, the party was still going on and it was still really loud. And you could even hear it in the body cam footage we watched. Um, but, that, and it took several times for them to knock loud enough to, uh, for anyone to answer. And it turns out they'd woken up uh, Dubon, Alvarado Dubon. Mm. So um, yeah, and he, they basically said, it's really loud you can't hear us. We can't hear you. Can we talk inside? And then Dubon opened the door for them and let them in. And then, you know, there was more talk and this was all through one officer who is a native Spanish speaker.
0: Right. And uh, and, all, and, and the reason why all of this is relevant is you, you're going to explain in a second has to do yes. with them being in the house and we know whether or not the evidence can be used. So, so yes. go ahead and sort of get into that.
1: Exactly. That's the thing is uh, because of all these circumstances Uh, and because, uh, Alvarado Dubon let them in like that and then sort of showed them around, uh, including showed them around the areas where, uh, the guns were. And even in the, uh, in the body cam footage, she's like, yes, we do. Those are my, I have guns in here. They're, you know, they're in my bedroom. Um, they didn't, the police were saying they didn't need a warrant as a result of that because it was like collaborative. It was not, uh, that They were basically saying that Alvarado uh, Dubon consented to that, uh, whereas the defense is saying, no, he didn't. He uh, didn't really fully understand he had a choice in the matter still um, and that it violated his Fourth Amendment rights. And a big sort of crux of this is at one point in the body cam footage, uh, he says uh, he brings up like. I know you normally need a warrant for this. And then it says, but, and the, the prosecution says that there he trailed off and sort of gestured for them to search anyway. And the defense says he was going to go on and was interrupted. So um, yeah, it's a lot, uh, a lot of evidence came out and that's, I've probably only gotten into about half of all that was discussed, uh, all the new stuff that was discussed, but you know, it was a lot of information very quickly, and now uh, I don't believe uh, a- there's going to be any more uh, meetings or developments. They said until sometime in December,
0: right? When when the judge actually, I guess, makes a ruling on this. And, and to to be clear, the other suspect in this case, Roman Barsersel, pled guilty to his charge, which was basically being in the country illegally. It's not anything mass shooting related. So, yeah. and and also. You know, since this has all happened, we've now had the police chief resign last week, not directly related to this mass shooting plot, but it didn't help either because it it sort of sort of uh, created um fault lines where there were issues with communication, there were issues dealing with um promotions that resulted from this arrest that also created problems. I mean, with the rank and file. Basically, this this incident led, you know, just you know eliminated the the papering over of some cracks that were already there with them police uh leadership
1: it was a catalyst for sure for a lot of stuff
0: and the lack of communication with richmond city council he was losing support as well so Mm -hmm. it's it's become a much bigger story than than even we started to guess where we were going with this back in back in july so yeah so um moving on from, from that story um The Chesterfield police are actually looking into a a homicide in in a neighborhood that basically backs up to Midlothian high school. It's not, you know, it wasn't a situation where Midlow was locked down. This occurred overnight. Um, But uh, guy goes out, 56 year old man goes out to go to work, sees, according to Chesterfield police, rummaging through his girlfriend's car, confronts the man and they have video, they have grainy what amounts to ring video, although it's not a ring camera um, mm-hmm. video of him being shot in the driveway. And his girlfriend hears the shot. She calls police, goes out and finds him shot basically to death in, in the driveway. Mm-hmm. They're still looking for the suspect. They're looking for anyone who can you know, provide any any evidence. Um, if somebody else's car was rummaged through, I guess they're looking for fingerprints or any biological evidence or anything along that line but they, they don't have much to go, go through, uh, at this point, other than, you know, this guy was shot in the, in the, the uh, in the, the driveway of this home. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, this is in an area, uh, where, you know, th- this doesn't normally occur. Um, yeah. but, but again, police, police are looking on there. Um, other major story that we covered today. Uh, this is, uh, a continuing issue with the department of elections and keep in mind, we're a week from election day. I mean, you and I are mm-hmm. going to be working late in the evening, a week from tomorrow to be yeah. to dealing with election. Stuff. The department of elections realized it had another 149,000 records that were impacted by um, a computer issue with their voter registrations. And they realized this when people went to early vote and noticed their information wasn't updated. Mm. So they're sending these records now to the registrars, which I'm sure are happy to be getting these boatload of reg- of, of records a week before Election Day. But they're working to process them as, as quickly as possible. Um, the good news is, is that all of the information was updated on site when these people went to vote. So um, because you can do that, you have uh, up to Election Day registration in, in Virginia now. So it isn't impacting anyone from being able to vote. Mm-hmm. but. If you're counting, that's 149,000 records plus 107 from the initial batch, which um, the elections commissioner told me last week had just been completed. So we're talking 250,000 records that were impacted by this registration problem. Now, apparently the, 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 the the program has had issues for a while. There's a contract out to get it fixed, but hey, it's just not in a good spot right now. So (laughs) so, um, if you registered to vote recently or changed your information recently, um, be aware you may run into some issues when you go to early vote or go to vote on Election Day. Be prepared to have to prove that your information is correct and and talk about it and and re-register. Just to show you the levels on where this was impacted, Tim Kaine changed his address and had to deal with this. He was one of the initial people that found out in the initial batch in the uh, 107 batch. So it's not just, it's not just the little people that are getting impacted. Senator Tim Kaine also ran into this as well when he tried to, yep. so, so, uh, but that's based. Oh, one other thing. Hey, and this, uh, by the time you listen to this, hopefully uh, the Powerball jackpot hasn't, uh, hasn't taken place yet, but um, the Powerball jackpot is at one billion dollars. Yes, would, would you talk to the lottery about? And um, how, what were they saying in terms of sales? How how were, how good were sales going?
1: S- sales are going very well, um, and you know they continue to pick up uh, as this jackpot continues to grow. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were saying this morning that. Around the evening rush, which would be right about now as we're recording, right around six o'clock, they were anticipating selling over fifty-seven hundred tickets a minute in Virginia. Um, Big numbers, big numbers. And you know, if if somebody uh, wins tonight, that'll uh, they'll obviously have a you know that'll be uh, a good night for them. But the uh, if they don't, then you know, those numbers are continuing, going to get, gonna continue to grow that jackpot, yeah. which is...
0: It would not shock me if the the final jackpot for tonight is like $1.1 or $1.2 billion. Um Also, that still wouldn't be the largest jackpot ever. The largest jackpot ever, $1.5 billion in 2016. I looked that up today.
1: So. Yes. And according to the folks I talked to over at Virginia Lottery, that was the first time it had cracked a billion. And this is the second time. Yeah. So,
0: so, so yeah. So uh, we'll keep an eye out. Especially if we have a Virginia winner. Although if we have a Virginia winner, it's going to be a lot of work tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so unless unless either you or I win, in which case it's going to be no work for us because we're just exactly. we would just won't show up to work. Jeff will have yeah. to handle the, the podcast and be news director. So, um, <laughs> so that is the uh, Monday evening edition of its news to us. Thank you for all your good work today, David. Um, and uh, he's David Lefkowitz. I'm news director Matt Demline. We'll talk to you tomorrow